John chapter number 17, verse number 13 is where I want to concentrate tonight. You say, Brother Shane, this is, we're singing Christmas music. We got the church all decorated in Christmas. And you're going the wrong direction, Brother Shane. John 17 has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, it has a lot to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. In John chapter number 17, you have the great high priestly prayer where Jesus Christ is praying to God the Father. He's about to go and walk up lonely Golgotha's hill. Spread his life and his arms for us to be able to be nailed to a cross that we might have eternal life. And that's the reason, Brother Rick, that Jesus Christ was born into this world. There's no other reason that he came but to save the sinner. Thank God that he decided to come. And I believe with all of my heart that if it would have been just me that needed a salvation, that the Savior would have come for me. And I believe that someone might even say, you think you're that important? No, I don't think I'm that important, but I think Jesus loves me that much. And I believe with all of my heart that if you were the only one that needed salvation, that Jesus Christ would have come and been the Savior for you as well. So thankful for this. In John chapter number 17, I want to read this one verse, really use it as a launching. John chapter number 17, verse number 13. The Bible says, and now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus Christ is praying to God, and he's saying these words. I, I, I love it so much, I want to read it again. And now come I to thee, talking to God the Father, and these things I speak in the world, that they, talking about the disciples, the believers, the ones that are down the road. I believe it with all my heart that I'm a they. <laughs> You're a they. Jesus Christ was praying for you right here in John chapter number 17. That they might have my joy. <laughs> and what greater joy is there than the joy of the Lord? What greater joy is there that we can have, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the joy that you've set before us, Lord, the joy that we are able to enjoy every day of our life because of what you have done for us. And God, we beg you, God, that you would just touch us during this time tonight. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me from on high. God, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would anoint us, Lord, and use us. Lord, I pray that you just use us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. God, I pray that everything that we'd say would be pleasing and honoring to you. God, that nothing that would be said would bring anything of reproach. But God, that we would just edify and make much of your holy name. To make much of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. To make much of the Holy Spirit of God, the great comforter that you have given to each and every one of us. And God, we beg you tonight, God, that you would just uh, settle in this place, settle in this sanctuary tonight. God, I pray you'd touch those that are uh, in need, God, right now. Lord, those that are bereaved, I pray you'd touch them. God, those that are going through illness and sickness, God, I pray that you'd, uh, Lord, give healing where healing is needed. And God, I pray you'd give grace where grace is needed. God, give the grace that you can only give. Give the peace that you can only give. 
And Lord, during this service, God, if there's one that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, Lord, whether they're listening by way of the Internet or whether they're seated right here in this sanctuary, God, I beg you, God, that you would open their hearts, that they would realize and come running to you, God, in the need of the greatest thing that we could ever have, and that's the Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, be with us tonight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, listen, I'll be honest with you. I... I love Christmas songs. I love Christmas music. Now, I'm not one of those people that listens to Christmas music all year long. But I have been known to sing Frosty the Snowman in July. You know, where they say you think yourself cold? It doesn't work either. No, I don't believe it is. But I have been known to do that. I've been known to sing things like that and and to enjoy good times. And those old Christmas songs that we had for years and years and years, uh, you can remember they've become traditions and, 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 uh, boy, a reality sometimes for each and every one of us. And we, we sing about Silent Night. I believe that they were playing it before we got in here this evening. They were playing Silent Night. We sing Away in the Manger. We sing a lot of those good old songs. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. We sing those great songs, but one of my personal favorites is, was penned by Isaac Watts in 1719. He was actually, when he penned those words, he was actually talking about the return of Jesus Christ, not the first coming of Jesus Christ. And boy, the joy that God gives and the joy that we can experience looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ comes again, that that is a joy that we have. But thank God that we sing it at Christmas time that joy has come to the world. And we're so thanking that that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come that we might have eternal life. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, there's a lot of people that uh, think about the joy and the different things. And, and there's people that love to sing those good songs. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I love to sing those good songs. But I did hear about a young man, Brother Jerry, that he had uh, got it requested, hey, I want to sing a special. And he told the song chorister, as one of those small churches, song chorister gets up. He says, well, son, what are you going to sing? He says, I'm going to sing joy to the world. Everybody says, well, it's not Christmas time, but... That's fine, but go ahead, you go ahead. And they gave him that microphone and he started tapping his foot and he said, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. We're probably going to get edited out on that one. The reason y'all are laughing is y'all know the song. Boy, we, it was the wrong one. But this joy to the world that we're talking about, the one that we just got through singing, it's wonderful to have the joy of Jesus Christ within our heart. That hymn is proclaiming that that there is joy because Jesus is coming back and, and celebrating the Savior that was born in the city of Bethlehem and celebrating the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, that we have. It's a wonderful thing to be able to have. And you say, well, what kind of joy do you have in your life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, I, I really truly think that, that God gave us great parts of joy in our life. And I think the number one is there's, there's a remaining joy for each and every one of us. 
John chapter number 15, verse number 11, Jesus is talking about the joy that will remain within us. And he's talking about his joy that will remain in us. And there's a remaining joy. And I, I thank God that, that when there's times in my life of difficult is, issues that are happening, that joy that I have within myself is not the joy that I can drum up because I feel good today. And it's not the joy that I have because I have uh, successfully done a task today or that I have been touched by something in this world, but I have joy, Brother Richard, because Jesus Christ is deep down inside of my soul. I have joy because He has blessed me, Brother Joel, with this salvation of Jesus Christ. That is the joy that each and every one of us have. It's not my joy, but it is the joy that God Himself has given to me. I'll be completely honest with you, a lot of us church members need to worry more about the joy of the Lord than the joy of the world. Hmm. We get in trouble when we start focusing on this world. To be completely honest with you, when we're in this world right now, in the season that we are in, every one of them, the joy that they are uh, focusing on is what are they going to get under the Christmas tree? And we need to focus more on the one that was hung on the tree than what we might be able to get underneath the Christmas tree. And I'll be completely honest with you. I, I love getting t- toys too. I love getting great times. I enjoy getting those sort of things. I enjoy getting Taco Bell. Praise the Lord. And it's this great things that we have, but we don't need to concentrate only on what we're going to get during this season. We need to focus on the one that gave all for each and every one of us. Focus on the one that gave us what we could not have. The joy that now is remaining within inside of me. Not because of the circumstances of my life. I'm not joyful because of the circumstance that may cause a happiness or may cause an unhappiness. But I have a joy because Jesus Christ lives within my soul. There's a remaining joy that we have. But then I also believe in, in John chapter number 15. Look with me at that verse. John chapter number 15, verse number 11. It goes even further. Look at verse number It says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. But look at the end of it. That your joy might be full. Boy, that is a reaching joy that goes further than the joy of this world. <sighs> We sang that song, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory this evening. And why is it that we can have joy unspeakable? Because the joy giver that gives us that joy is the joy of Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And it reaches further down than we can reach up. And it goes further up than we can go as high as we need to go. Every step of the way, we look through there and we see that God is giving us the joy that we need to have that's reaching further than what we can ever experience on our own. It reaches further than we could ever reach out. But then also there's a reason for joy. (laughs) And it's not because of what we get. It's not because of who we know. It's not because of the things that we are exposed to. But we are having that reason for joy because we know the Savior, Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact... We even go a little further in Luke chapter number 10. Look with me in Luke chapter number 10, verse number 20. Luke chapter number 10, verse number 20 says it this way. It gives us a reason for joy. Chapter number 10, verse number 20. That reason is, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
I don't know about y'all, but that's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to have joy. That's a joy that reaches further than I could ever reach. And, and boy, the joys of this world can't have anything. It pales in comparison because the joy of the Lord is there. It remains even when the joys of this world fade away. It remains with us and it reaches to those places where it'll never be able to get those joys of the world. But the reason of joy is, thank God that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. That one day I get to go to glory. That one day I get to see Jesus Christ face to face. I get to shake his hand someday. I get to bow down before him and worship God because of the joy that he's placed inside of us and because he's given me a joy along this world. You say, well, what is all about the joy that you've got? Well, look at, the, look at with me a few things. What causes joy in our life? Number one, I think that the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of the Savior, should give us joy. I'm going to make you move around. Let's move around a little bit as we go through. But oh, what joy that we have with the birth of the Savior when that was announced to this world. Look at John chapter number 17 with me. Our text, verse number 13. It says that at the very end of it, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That we had no hope without the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He was born to die. And now we have hope. Jeremiah told us that we have hope. Why? Because of God Almighty. Because the Savior is coming again because we have an awesome opportunity to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's joy that those angels were singing about and telling those shepherds to go and find their Savior and find Him in those swaddling clothes and find Him in that, that way that that joy is still ringing out throughout the portals of time. Every time that we can uh, hear a song about Jesus Christ, it's ringing out that there should be joy in our life. Every time that we hear the birth of the Savior is announced, we should have joy in each and every one of our lives. That boy that's ringing out through that time that a Savior was born and His name is Jesus Christ. He's called the Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. Brother Oliver, there's just something about that name. Something about that name that makes me excited. That I enjoy getting to just Say the name of Jesus. Why don't you practice it with me? Jesus. Doesn't that just bring a calm over your soul? I've been to times in my life where I've thought that turmoil was going to be just uh, everywhere. And then sweet Jesus comes in, Brother Rick, and calms everything. The birth of the Savior is the reason, the first reason that we have. And you begin to think about, well, what is, uh, what's so great about the birth of the Savior? Well, the fact that He's coming to die for us, that we can have eternal life. Boy, there's nothing that will give greater joy. But I want you to look with me in Luke chapter number 1. Look at the reaction of the joy that was uh, had within them. Look with me in chapter number 1, book of Luke, chapter number 1, verse number 44. The book of Luke, chapter number 1, verse number 44. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now, we know that this is Mary speaking to Elizabeth, and John the Baptist is that babe that they're speaking about. And how that babe was leaping in her womb. Why? Because as soon as she, uh, that, that child, and, and may I say that it is a child. It is a child. And thank God for folks that are saving those babies. 
And the birth of the Savior, and when, the, when Mary walks in and begins to speak and begins to talk, Elizabeth's child, John the Baptist, begins to jeep, uh, leap up with joy and thank God for uh, the great things. Why? Because the joy was so great. Some people can cause a reaction. You know, people that uh, are able to stir people up, and, and sometimes it's, it's negative. To be, let's be honest with you. Some people can give a negative charge, let's call it that. And some folks, when some folks walk in the room, you're thinking, what in the world are they doing here? But then there's some folks that walk in the room and it just lights up and everybody gets excited because I believe our pastor is one of those people. He just walks in the room and everybody gets excited that Brother Joe has walked in the room. I'm so thankful. I get people all the time. say, boy, it's so awesome that you get to drive around with Brother Joe if they only knew. No, it is. It is awesome. We enjoy. Me and, me and Pastor, we have a great time. We have absolutely fine. We eat Taco Bell. We eat, eat, eat all hours of the night. Praise the Lord. And we, we get in trouble. Uh-oh. I done told on him. I'm sorry. But that, those people just cause a reaction. Everywhere Jesus went, he caused a reaction. Before he was ever born, he was causing a reaction. And then when he was about 12 years old and walked into the temple, it caused a reaction. And in John chapter number 1, when he was walking towards that Jordan River and John the Baptist saw him again and that joy began to bubble up inside of his soul and joy begins again. He begins to say, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He caused a reaction. Every time that he went to a funeral, he usually broke it up. I think that's a pretty big reaction. Every time that he come in contact with the people that were the demons of hell was raging inside of one of those people, they would say, Thou Son of God, what have we to do with thee before have you come to torment us before that time? And he would tell them, Get out, go ahead, uh, move yourself, remove yourself, uh, relieve from this place. Though the reaction that he had, when the blind people, <laughs> whenever the blind people began to have and receive their sight because of what God was doing and Jesus Christ did, it caused a reaction in their life. Do you realize that the deaf people heard Jesus Christ speak? Y'all didn't get that. The deaf people heard Jesus before they heard anything else. And the reason, the reaction that happened because they came in contact with Jesus Christ is their ears were opened and they were able to be able to hear everything else. The mute was able to speak when they came in contact with Jesus. Boy, when I came in contact with Jesus, that caused a great reaction in my life. And boy, if when you come in contact with Jesus, I hope the day that you got saved, the reaction that happened in your life is far beyond a feel good. It's far beyond a little, uh, a mild little Confession. I want it to happen so great that it caused a stir inside of your soul that Jesus Christ did something for you that He is that no one else has ever done for you. He's loved you like no one else has ever loved you. He's cared for you like no one else has cared for you. He knows you like no one else knows you. He knows you better than yourself. But it causes a reaction to know that when you come in contact with Jesus, nothing will be the same. He makes all things new. Boy, some people that caused those reactions and Jesus did that. And John knew that Jesus would do a great thing and a great mighty work. And he knew that Jesus Christ would save the world. 
Later on was able to say the Lamb of God. Not only is that reaction because of the birth of the Savior, but there's a reason. Look with me in Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 10, the Bible says this, And the angel of the Lord said unto them, I love these words, Fear not. You'll be hard-pressed, Dr. Harper, to find a time that the angel of the Lord or Jesus began to speak to somebody and didn't start the conversation off with fear not. Why? Because he dispels the fear. Savior of the world. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people, in verse number 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Boy, He came to pay our sin debt. Boy, the reason that He came was that He might die for you and I, that we might have eternal life. You say the Savior. Well, what does that really mean? What does that Savior define? Well, I love it when I begin to look up these definitions of Savior. One of the definitions that I came up with and found was one that saves. That's good. But then it got better. Or as my dad says, gooder. One that saves from destruction. Wow. One that saves from destruction. Brother Shane, you know where I was on my way to? Destruction. You know what my eternity was going to be? Destruction. Do you know what my life was going to be filled with? Destruction. But then, Brother Oliver, I got a hold of the Savior and the Savior got a hold of me. Glory to God. And something happened. The reason that He came on, He became... My Savior, not just anybody's Savior, not just, and He is the Savior, but He's my Savior. He's my Savior that saved me from destruction. And then when you begin to think about how God loved you and cared for you and saved you, boy, you might just get happy and shout joy. Oh, we see the joy, those reasons for joy that we have, the birth of the Savior. But look with me also. I also believe that the rising of the Savior causes joy as well. Go a little further with me in the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 24. The book of Luke chapter number 24, verse number 4, the Bible says this, And it came to pass, as they were very much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Have you ever had somebody tell you something and it didn't register until you saw it happening? They tried to instruct you in some way, form, or fashion, but it just didn't make sense until there it is. 
I believe with all of my heart that that's exactly what happened to these disciples as they were standing there gazing up into the world, boy, looking and trying to find the fact that Jesus Christ and where in the world was he headed to? Where was he having? Why were we, uh, why were we missing this man that we thought the reason to rejoice and why joy, uh, when they ran away from the tomb, when they ran away from the tomb and she was with full of joy trying to tell others that he not only died for our sins, but he rose again that we might have Everlasting and eternal life. You say, well, what's so great about that? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Because I don't have to worry about the sting of death. Because death, the second death that we think about, and the death that Jesus or God speaks so often is a separation from God Himself. And Brother Steve, I will never be separated Oh, my heavens. I will never be separated from God. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, there will never be a moment. Dr. Harper, that's why Jesus said, I will never... Come on now, glory to God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why? Because glory to God, I know with all of my heart that God is with me every step of the way, no matter what I'm going through. But even when I go to the chilly Jordan, I begin to take a dip and take a, a step into that chilly Jordan. I'll be honest with you. I, I got one of those imaginations. I tell you all, all the time. I don't even think that Jesus, reason he walked on water is because he's going to take me and let me walk on water when I get to Jordan. You say, Brother Shane, you we all have to experience that uh, that terrible Jordan River, that chilly Jordan River. Why do we? We don't have to experience the, the sting and chill of death because Jesus Christ Himself has already done that for each and every one of us. I believe with all of my heart that when I begin to put my big toe and step into that chilly Jordan, that Jesus Christ Himself comes alongside and says, Hey, buddy, I've been waiting for you a long time. I love you and I've been, I've been leading you on the way and I don't want you to have to do and, and do this. I've already done this for you, so come on and walk with me. Hallelujah, glory to God. I get excited just thinking about going to heaven, amen. There's folks, I'll be honest, the older I get, the more jealous I get of people going to heaven. But thank God that there is no sting of death. 1 Corinthians 15 says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But because Jesus Christ has defeated death, and He has uh, defeated hell, and He has defeated the grave, that we don't have to taste that bitter death, thank God. We close our eyes, and when we wake and open our eyes, we awake in the portals of heaven. Glory to God. We are there in the midst of God, and all the angels that are there, I'm thankful that I look forward to the day where I get to just lift my hands and say, Amen, glory to God, hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb, Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Lord, my God. Boy, what a wonderful time. He did that, that we would not have to experience that and that I might have eternal life. You can have eternal life because of what Jesus Christ, when He got up. Look at John chapter number 11 with me. Everybody knows John chapter number 11, the book of John and Lazarus has, has passed away. He's going through that, that chilly death time that it seems like. And 
Boy, Mary and Martha seem to get in, one of them gets at his face and the other one gets at his feet. Hallelujah. You begin to think about those sisters and how they were reacting to their Savior, to their Savior coming, and he was just late. Boy, why didn't you get here on time, God? How many of you thought, God need to hurry up? God, I, I think you're going to be late. I need you to hurry up and get here for me. But look in John chapter number 11, verse number 23 with me. Jesus saying to her, thy brother shall rise again. Now that's good already. Because when I go out to those graveyards, and I see those people lay their loved ones in those coffins, and they drop those coffins down into the ground, and that chilly, cold earth begins to swallow up that uh, coffin and boy, we just think that, boy, there's so many times where people just feel like there's no hope beyond that spot, that everything's so final when we go there. But thank God it's not final for the child of God. It is not final because Jesus Christ has already experienced that for us already, and He's already telling uh, these young ladies that your brother shall rise again. And look what He says in verse number 24, And Mark and Martha said unto Him, I know that He shall rise again in the re- uh, resurrection at the last day. She understands what God's already talking about, that Jesus Christ is saying, Hey, He's not going to be gone forever. It's just goodbye for a little while. But then Jesus is thinking the whole time, do I have a surprise for you? Kind of like, who's that guy that says, surprise, surprise, surprise. I've got a surprise for you. Look at verse number 25 with me. And Jesus saith unto her, I am. (laughs) Hallelujah. I am the resurrection. And the life. He that believeth on me, glory to God, as though he were dead, yet shall he live. I believe with all of my heart, Brother Perry, that when I close my eyes in death, I'll be more alive than I ever was. Why? Because the Savior of the world that died on a cross and three days later, though, thank God, he victoriously got up from the grave was able to get up and to have the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and He is risen. And thank God, because of that, we shall rise. And those loved ones that we have seen pass away, they will rise again as well. And He is the resurrection, the place that we place our people in, in those graves. We may sit there and say, I'll see you in a little while longer. I I, I love this. When you begin to think about the the Word of God, and the Word of God tells us that a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Well, when we think about that, the average person lives about 70 years. Now, if you've got a few more years on you, praise God, glory to God, you better thank God. If you don't quite have 70, thank God, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But if you think about that, in the light of a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years, you realize that the, uh, the average person in 70 years lives about 35 minutes. So if that's the case, we feel like we've placed those loved ones and it's going to be so long before I see them. But yet they're going to say, man, you're here already? Ain't been but a few minutes. 
And in the light of eternity, in just a few minutes, oh my glory. In the light of eternity, in just a few minutes, we'll get to see those loved ones that have already crossed over. In just a few minutes, we'll get to see that, that, that Savior that has saved us and get to worship Him and God Almighty high and lifted up upon His throne. And we'll be able to see that in just a few minutes. Why? Because Jesus Christ has risen again. But then also, as we got to, we began in, in the very first beginning in our introduction, we began to look at why was joy to the world written? Because He was looking forward to the return of the Savior. Boy, there's a risen Savior. I thank God for that. There's the birth of the Savior. I thank God for that. But I'm not looking forward to another Savior being born. And I'm, looking, I'm not looking for Jesus to get up from the grave. Because He's already done that. But what I am looking forward to right now, Brother Jerry, is the return of my Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Looking forward to that one. Uh, boy, we look in Psalm chapter number 30, verse number 5. It says, For his anger endures for but for a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. In a few minutes. In a few moments. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Jesus Christ will come. Translate us from what we are. Robed in this vile flesh, transform us into a glorified body. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. I hope some of you are. But boy, that joy is coming in the morning. There is coming a day that the Son of God is going to come down and God is going to tell him, Son, go get my children, bring them back, go get your bride, bring them back. And thank God that we have And When God looks over the portals and for the, the banisters of heaven and sends his Son, thank God that we have an eternity to be able to worship him and enjoy him and thank God for him. But the return of the Savior is reason for joy tonight. You say, well, what kind of joy do we need to have? Well, at His return, we're going to have this kind of joy. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. It says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Wow! We get to be with Him. We get to be with the Savior. This old world may have you down and you may be uh, depressed about something that's in your life and have problems in your life. But thank God that everything's going to be okay because the joy of the Lord is coming and the joy of Jesus Christ returning. He is on the way. And at His revealing, the return of the Savior. And at His revealing, I want you to turn with me lastly and I'll, I'll let you go to the house. Look in Revelation chapter number 21. Still some of my favorite scripture in all the Bible. Revelation chapter number 21 verse number 4 says it this way. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now that would be good. I remember brother Earl as a child when I would do something I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I'd fall and I'd skin my knee. And I'd begin to cry. 
mom or dad would come out and pick me up and dust me off. And they'd put that, that stuff that bubbles on your knee that they say, this ain't going to hurt. Lies. It all hurts. I don't care. This is not what you think it is. It's not going to hurt. Mama lied to me a lot. I'll just be honest with you. But the best part about it was is that she'd pick me up and try to clean me up. She'd begin to wipe away my tears. Tell me, son, it's going to be okay. I remember even further, I, I I was a problem kid, to be honest with you. I know y'all don't believe that about me. But I remember I got a BMX bike for my birthday. The only problem with that BMX bike was it was too big. And I don't know if y'all recognize this or know about this, but BMX bikes, the brakes are on the pedals. And you have to push the pedal backwards to engage the brake. They weren't up on the handlebars. I remember we lived in Douglasville at the time. And I got up on this hill, Leaf Lane. And we lived at the end of the cul-de-sac. And I thought, this is going to be fun. Well, Steve, I got at that top of the hill and I jumped up on it and just balanced myself and started going down the hill. Sister Kathy, about halfway down the hill, I thought, how do I stop this thing? And I started trying to push, but my legs weren't long enough to push the pedal backwards far enough to engage the brake. So I did what every smart young man would do. I bailed. I jumped off the bicycle. I let the bicycle keep on going. It went down into the woods. I rolled about 1,400 times, it felt like. Probably twice, but it felt like 1,400 times. Skin all up. Had tears in my eyes. Dad come running over to me. He said, son, are you okay? I was just... My bicycle. He said, don't worry about the bicycle. We'll take, are you okay? He said, here, let's get you cleaned up. Took me in there, Brother Lonnie. Got me all cleaned up. Wiped away my tears. He said, son, I love you. You don't need to do that again. But I can only imagine, Brother Charles... If my earthly father could make me feel the way he made me feel because he picked me up off the ground and carried carried me in and wiped away my tears. Well, Jim, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when my heavenly father says... Come here, son. I know it's been hard. I know you've been going through difficult, But you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Because I'm making all things new. And now, Brother Earl, our Heavenly Father will say, you don't have to worry about death. You don't have to worry about 
pain. You don't have to worry about sorrow any longer. You don't have to worry about any of those things. You don't have to worry about crying anymore. Because I'm your God. I'm your Father. I'm wiping the tears away for the final time. Because all these former things are done. We don't worry with that. They're all passed away. Enter in to the Enter into the, come on now, joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Praise God, I, I long to hear my Savior say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because now you're in a place where there's only peace, only love, only joy. This place is going to be your eternal home. You don't have to worry about going anywhere again because I am your God and have set you up in a place that you can forever just depend on me because I've got everything you need. I don't know about y'all, but that causes joy. Deep down inside of my soul. You say, Brother Shane, how in the world do you get so excited and joyful about that thing? Because I've been reading the love letter. I've been holding it up real close. I've been thanking God. I know you love me. Somebody says, why? How do you know he loves you? He told me. I'm coming again for you. How do you know? The joy of the Lord. You can experience it. How do you know? Right here. And I'm so thankful that God can give us joy on this side. It's not just something I'm looking forward to over there. It's something that we can experience here. I'll be honest with you, that just brings joy to the world. Hallelujah.